As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Living God, speak a word that showers like rain, making the earth grow and blossom. Living Christ, speak a word that sprouts like seeds, giving bread to the hungry. Living Spirit, speak your words within us. Fulfill your purpose for all creations. Amen. <clears throat> a reading from the Psalms. Listen for God's word to you. The earth is the eternal ones and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants too, because God is the one who established it on the seas. God set it firmly on the waters. Who can ascend the eternal one's mountain? Who can stand in God's holy sanctuary? Only the one with clean hands and a pure heart, the one who hasn't made false promises, the one who hasn't sworn dishonestly, what kind of person receives blessings from the eternal one, the righteousness of God who saves? And that's how things are with the generations that seeks the eternal one, that seeks the face of Jacob's God. Mighty gates lift up your heads, ancient doors rise up high, so the glorious ruler can enter. Who is the glorious ruler? The eternal one, strong and powerful, the eternal one, powerful in battle. Mighty gates lift up your heads. Ancient doors raise up high so the glorious ruler can enter. Who is the glorious ruler? The eternal one of heavenly forces who reigns gloriously. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Listen, we do not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from God. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were troubled and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to throw them out and to heal every disease and every sickness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas, who betrayed Jesus. Jesus sent these 12 out 
and commanded them, don't go among the Gentiles or into a Samaritan city. Go instead to the lost sheep of the people of Israel. As you go, make this announcement. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those with skin diseases. And throw out demons. You received without having to pay. Therefore give without demanding payment. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One Friday, as the food pantry at St. Gregory of Nyssa Episcopal Church in San Francisco was winding down, Sarah Miles was standing at the bus stop across from the church, talking with Miss Lola Brown, a tiny, elderly black lady with sensible shoes and bent arthritic hands. She was shaking her head in despair because she didn't know how she would get her groceries across town to her apartment. I can't even lift this, she said, pointing to the teetering shopping cart filled to overflowing with potatoes, cans of beans, and some exuberant heads of lettuce. Sarah was exasperated. She didn't have a car. She didn't have money for a cab. She had somewhere else to be soon. But she looked at the man standing next to them at the bus stop, a big white guy whose psychosis sounded like paranoid ramblings, and sighed. <sighs> okay, we'll help you, she said, not very nicely. And just then, a bus pulled up, and the man shuffled forward, muttering. And the two of them, Sarah and this man, lugged Miss Lola's cart onto the bus. Miss Lola smiled. She raised her hands to heaven. I know, she testified, I know the Lord will always send me help. Hearing the story later, Sarah's wife rolled her eyes. Couldn't the Lord send her a taxi driver instead of a crazy guy or some feeble middle-aged lady? And Miss Brown still has to take the 22 Fillmore for an hour across town. If God's got all that power to help, wouldn't that be better? Nah, Sarah said. Jesus has a sense of humor. He just sends us. I'm guessing that when the disciples heard Jesus say, the size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine. But there are few workers, therefore plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers they weren't picturing a man living with mental illness or a woman married to another woman. But then 
they couldn't imagine any of us. We, in 2020, in upstate New York or in places far afield, we are unlikely answers to their prayers. Although, if they were to time travel to 2020, if they were to catch up on iPhones and antibiotics and face masks, I don't think that they would feel surprised that people still feel as troubled and helpless as sheep without a shepherd. How about you? Are you feeling that way this week? Maybe you're feeling like a sheep whose herd keeps wandering away, leaving you isolated and vulnerable to fear or attack. Maybe you are that wanderer. Or maybe you're feeling like a small sheep in a huge world with overwhelming problems. What's a single woolly creature supposed to do about the warming climate or the increase in evictions even as the temperatures drop? Maybe you're nervous about Tuesday's election for shepherd in chief or anxious about all of the uncertainties like ballot counting and intimidation at poll sites, or when we'll know when it's all over. More important than that, there are those questions that remain. How does a nation bounce back from such a low point of division? How do we learn to trust each other again? Troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Oh Lord, the least you could do is send an old woman a taxi. But instead, God sends us. In compassion, God sends us as an answer to the prayers of past generations and present-day people, Jesus breathes his spirit into us, his life in our lungs, his words on our lips. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Yes, yes, the kingdom of heaven is near. There is reason for hope. We need not wander like shepherdless sheep because we are a part of the bigger plan. Jesus equips us with this purpose. Go and proclaim the good news in word and action. Heal the sick, raise the dead, bring the outcast into community, throw out demons. It's that simple and that monumental. So where to begin? Do you all want to start by healing some diseases or shall we go exercise some demons?
or we could begin where Jesus begins, with compassion and community. Jesus had compassion for the crowds, in no small part because he traveled among them, among all the cities and villages of Galilee. As a movement of the heart, compassion can't awaken from a distance, standing far away and safe from other people's pain. That only invokes pity. Compassion requires closeness. Pity talks about others as them or those people. But compassion stirs up curiosity. In the words of filmmaker and activist Valerie Kaur, compassion sees no stranger, but instead prompts us to look at others and say, you are a part of me, I do not yet know. You are a part of me I do not yet know. Jesus risked compassion. And then he recruited a community, 12 disciples empowered to be messengers of the good news. I learned their names in Sunday school. Here they are again, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and James, son of Alphaeus, Thomas and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Simon and even Judas. They are tax collectors and anarchists, fisher folk and farmers. One is remembered as a traitor. All are flawed human beings. Jesus assembles them as a team. In other gospel accounts, he explicitly sends them out in pairs, two by two by two. And I bet he does that here. After all, walking alone is dangerous and it is dull. Better to have a partner, a friend, someone with whom to share the journey and share a song. For example, picture Philip and Bartholomew walking for miles, singing the psalms to pass the time. After all, so many of those psalms are walking songs, pilgrim songs. Hear them belt out number 24. The earth is the eternal ones and everything in it, they sing, remembering whose world they walk in whose world they walk in. Listen to them crude. Who can ascend to the eternal one's mountain? Who can stand in God's sanctuary? Singing that, they probably wondered, well, who can heal the sick and raise the dead? But Jesus has already told them, they could, because he has given them authority, the power to do so. That's how it is 
with everyone walking the paths to and from Jerusalem. That's how it is in the psalm. Those who have clean hands and pure hearts have only God to thank. Those whose hands and hearts are stained and soiled are welcomed to the cleansing waters of mercy. God gathers all of them in community. The community of people who seek the face of the God of Jacob. That community spans centuries from before the psalmists penned those ancient poems to far beyond the disciples' first mission. That community is, as the Apostles' Creed recites, a communion of saints. Saints, not superheroes of holiness, but instead those who, like us, are embraced by the love of God and transformed little by little. God calls them and us, sends them and us, imperfect as we all are. Today, like many churches, we will give thanks for the saints whose earthly journeys are complete, who are now alive in God. These saints showed us how to live and sometimes how not to live as part of the bigger picture, the bigger plan to live the kingdom's nearness in word and deed. I thought about our local saints just this past Friday while I greeted families for trunk or treat. In order to keep families moving and safely distanced, the trail of candy, cars, and candles looped through a portion of the cemetery. Now, it was fun to tease the kids. Don't step on a grave. You don't want to wake up a ghost. But in truth, those whose bodies are buried behind this building aren't ghosts with unfinished business. They are gathered around the throne of God and of the Lamb, singing Alleluia. They are tasting the banquet of the kingdom, eagerly looking forward to the day when all creation will sit at that feast. They are rejoicing that in a world of great sorrow, in a year of great uncertainty, we brought some joy to neighborhood kids. And the dead aren't the only Hector saints. Going from trunk to trunk, our neighbors received candy and kindness from a community recruited by Shelley Gimbar, but assembled by God. Some of those people had grown up in this sanctuary. Others have made this church their family. Some consider themselves religious, Others practice an eclectic spirituality. But all of them were there to shine a little light in a dark year. 
And in doing so, they reflected a bit of that light perpetual in which all that is loved finds a home. Friends, let's find our place in the plan that loved hatched long ago, a plan to heal the wounded world and awaken its hope for the coming kingdom. We are not alone. Jesus makes us a community. Jesus teaches us compassion. Jesus graces us with gifts enough to share. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, generous giver, gracious gift, glimpsed in our acts of sharing. Amen.